Hey church, good morning. We are in week number two of this sermon series called Teach Us to Pray. I hope there's a hunger in you like there was in the disciples back in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. You know, my prayer for you, my desire for you and for me is that we would not just people who be people who know how to pray or understand what prayer is about, but that we would become people of prayer. That would characterize, that would so characterize our, our lives and the life of our church. And so that's my prayer, and that's what I'm hoping that we'll get out of this series, that we'll become people of prayer as we look at, phrase by phrase, what we call the Lord's Prayer. And I talked about this last week. There's two instances in the scriptures in the New Testament when we see Jesus teaching on the Lord's Prayer. One is Matthew 6, one is Luke chapter 11. And we're going we're gonna to use the Matthew 6 rendition of this. And we're also going to, just as an FYI, we're going to use the King James version of the Bible uh, for this particular series, at least when we talk about these phrases in the Lord's Prayer. I am an ESV guy. That's my preferred translation, the English Standard Version. But when I came to Christ at the age of, of 17 or just shy of my 17th birthday, uh, it was through the ministry of a Baptist church that used the KJV, which is the Old English uh, translation. Uh, great translation, by the way. But I remember a lot of, of, of memorizing scripture for me uh, in those early days. I memorized the King James translation. So a lot of times, and especially when it comes to the Lord's Prayer, when I hear the Lord's Prayer in any other translation, it just doesn't sound right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, even football teams that, that have no connection to God, at least corporately, um, pray the Lord's Prayer in King James English. And so that's, that's what we're going to do in, in this series. You know, we talked about last week the idea that prayer is about presence, it's about the fact that God invites us into His presence, and it's about us taking up that offer and coming into His, into his presence and enjoying time with Him, presence, in His presence. But I also want to make sure I say this, that prayer is, is also, it's dialogue. And so words, make no mistake about it, words are significant. Prayer is, 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 a, is a dialogue. It's, it's not about a declaration, me just speaking what I want and what I think out into the universe, into the ether. No, it's, it's about a dialogue. It's about, it's about a conversation with God, which, by the way, prayer is our response to a conversation that God has started. He is the one who has initiated. We simply respond to Him. And so the more that we're in his word, as he speaks to us, the easier it is for us to respond to him. The more that we're aware of his work in our life, we see his activity in and around us, the easier it is for us to respond to the work that we see him doing in our life. And sometimes we sit down and we're like, prayer is so hard, I don't know how to pray. Well, think of it like this, it is always a response to the word and the work of God in my life. And so if you're having a hard time praying, get in his word. Listen to the conversation that he initiates with you through his word. 
look around, be aware of the activity that's going on in your life and in your heart and around you and simply respond to God in response to the conversation that he's already started with us. All right, hopefully that that may be a, a stepping stone for you to help you understanding this idea of prayer. So today we're going to start with this very first phrase in the Lord's Prayer. We're going to we're going to start with this phrase, "Our Father which art in heaven." See what I did there? Today's Father's Day. Man, I'm so clever, right? There's a lot of scripture I'm going to kind of put out for you today um, that I'm not going to necessarily read through. I'm going to reference. It's going to be in the notes if you go to the Bible app and find the notes there. Uh, if you're meeting with, gathering with your tribe, uh, I would encourage you to read through these scriptures together and have some conversation about the things we're talking about today. But this first phrase, let's, let's talk about it. Our Father, which art in heaven. This may be the, the most significant part of this prayer and yet it may also offer the biggest stumbling block to folks because of that one word, Father. Father. You know, Proverbs 17 verse 6 says, The glory of children is their fathers. In other words, there's this built-in, like this, this thing hardwired into every single one of our hearts to please our earthly dads or to have relationship with, or to gain approval from our earthly fathers. And, you know, for many of you, you had either a bad relationship um, or a relationship that could have been far better, or maybe your father was non-existent in your life. There was no relationship with, with uh, him whatsoever. Or maybe he was, was present physically, but absent emotionally and spiritually. You know, for most of us, many if not most of us, have a complicated history when it comes to our relationship with our earthly dads. Grant Skeldon, who is an author and a a millennial leader, I just got done reading an incredible book by him called The Passion Generation about millennials, and he said this, how you see your father impacts how you see the father. And it's so true that what we do is we we look at our earthly fathers and the way we view them and see them impacts how we think of and, and, and respond to and relate to our heavenly father. And this is why I say this is one of the most powerful parts of this prayer and yet maybe a huge stumbling block based on the kind of relationship maybe that you had with your own earthly father. But here's what I believe. I believe that we need to move to a place to where we we stop allowing our earthly fathers to impact how we how we see our heavenly father. And we need to flip that to where we allow our heavenly father and who he is to impact how we see our earthly fathers. But this phrase, our Father which art in heaven, it's not just a salutation, it's not just a throwaway phrase. I mean, it's a powerful, it's a powerful idea. And there's really three things that I want us to see, three truths that I want us to consider. Number one is this, think of that word Father. As a child of God, you have access to the Father. Like, just sit on that for for a second. 
if you are a child of God, which means you have put your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 to 18, it tells us that we were separated from God because of our sin, but because of Jesus, what he has done for us, we now have access to the Father. Verse 18, for through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. If you've been, here's, here's the Bible phrase, born again. If you put your faith in Jesus, you've not just been born physically, but been born spiritually. You've surrendered your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. You, you've come by faith to God. As a child of God, you now have access to the Father. You see, what this phrase does when we pray, Our Father which art in heaven, it puts prayer in the context of relationship. And the first relationship is with God as Father. Romans chapter 8, 14 to 16, it says that, that when we put our faith in Christ, this, the, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of adoption is what Paul calls, it, calls him. The spirit of adoption comes into us and by him we are able to cry out, Abba, Father. That's a term of endearment or affection. It's like saying Papa. It's not saying Lord, Jehovah, God. It's saying Father. Abba, Daddy, because of what Jesus has done, because of the Holy Spirit, we are able to cry out, Abba, Father. We're able to have, because of Jesus, we're able to have access to the Father. And so prayer, prayer, saying our Father, which art in heaven, it puts prayer in the context of relationship. This, this is one of the reasons why so many people struggle with prayer, because prayer becomes a chore, or it becomes an activity that you mark off a to-do list. Like, I've got to wake up and I've got to pray. You know, a prayer list is a great tool, and I encourage you to use a prayer list, but a prayer list can become just, again, another to-do, something I mark off a list. It becomes an activity rather than about a relationship. You know, that's like me waking up in the morning and saying, you know what, today I have to speak with my wife. Why? Because we're married and I'm supposed to talk to her. <laughs> that's, not how I, that's not how I function. I wake up saying, I, I, I get to talk to my wife I want to talk with her after she's been awake for a little while because she's not a morning person, neither am I. <laughs> but I get to, I don't, it's not a to-do list. I don't have that on my, on my streaks app. Like today I have to mark off the streak of speaking to my wife because that's an important habit I want in my life. No, I get to talk with her. I, it, it's, it's, it's a relationship. And so when we pray our Father, it's, it, it, it reminds us of the relationship that we have with God. You know, Martin Luther, the great reformer, he was known for, for being a prayer warrior, for praying two hours a day. And one of the things he would advise new Christians of is, is to when they started to pray, to pray these words. And here's what he said. God, although you could rightly and properly be a severe judge over us sinners, 
Now through your mercy, implant in our hearts a comforting trust in your fatherly love. And let us experience the sweet and pleasant savor of a childlike certainty that we may joyfully call you Father, knowing and loving you and calling on you in every trouble. Martin Luther made this a point. Pray this. Why? It's because the very first thing we do in prayer is we acknowledge who we're praying to. We acknowledge who we are actually coming into the presence of. It's our Father. It's God. It's this relationship that we have with with Him. It's like question number one. I've, I've taught Uh, over and over, how to read scripture and filter life and through a gospel-centered filter. It's through four questions. Who is God? What has he done? In light of that, who am I? What do I do? Question number one, it's, 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 it's answered in our Father, which art in heaven. We're acknowledging that he is our Father in heaven. The second thing I want us to see, the powerful truth here is our Father. Our Father, as a child of God, you are part of the family of God. Notice how Jesus did not instruct him to pray. He did not instruct him to say, My Father, which art in heaven. No, he said, Our Father, which art in heaven. You see, we've been adopted spiritually into a family. We've been adopted into the family of God, the people of God. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's, it's about God's people that he's called us into. 2 Corinthians 6, 18, he says, I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Galatians 3.26, for in Christ Jesus, this is how you become sons, of, of, sons and daughters of God. In Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. So putting your faith in Christ is the way that you become sons and daughters. You come into this family. 1 John 3.1 and 2, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. And he begins to talk about us being children, God's children. Man, what a blessing, John says, that we could be called sons and daughters of God, that we're part of the family, the household of God. And so when we pray our Father, it's in the context of relationship, first of all, with with God, who is Father, but also with one another as family as brothers and sisters in Christ. When we pray, we pray our Father. It's a reminder that we're not alone. That's number three. The third truth that I want us to consider briefly this morning is that phrase, which art in heaven. And here is the truth. He may be king of heaven, but he is close as can be. He's not just distant in the heavens. He is up close and personal. You know, Acts 17 verses 26 and 27, read this passage. But what it says is is that God, who is Lord of heaven, who seems distant, he resides in the heavenly realms. It says, although he 
resides there, he is, he's really not that far off from each one of us. Hebrews 10 verses 19 to 22, it says that Jesus, because of his work on the cross, has again, like we said a moment ago, he's given us access to the Father through his blood, through the cross. He has given us access. And so Hebrews 10, 22 says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean. What the writer of Hebrews says is that we can draw near to God because of the blood of Christ. You know, over and over in the New Testament, you see this language of drawing near to God. And in almost every instance, the, the order is draw near to God and he will draw near to you. James 4, 8 says that very thing, that when you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Here is, here's the truth that we need to see. Like I said earlier, God has initiated the conversation. He has started the dialogue with every single one of us through the person, in the person of Jesus Christ. He came and lived the life that we were meant to live, but couldn't because of our sin. And he died the death that we all deserve to die because of our sin against a holy God. But he came to us and he, he made the first move, y'all. He started the conversation. And now it's on us to take the next step that if we draw near to him, he will in turn draw near to us. And that's promised because he's already taken the first step. Maybe you're listening this morning. You've never put your faith in Jesus. You've lived life in your own strength and power. And you've never, you've never been born again. You've never confessed faith in Jesus. Listen, God has already started the conversation with you. And he's waiting for you to respond. And you know how you respond? You know the way that we draw near to God by prayer. Prayer is the way that you and I draw near. He's actually not far from us. He has taken a step. He is right there. And if we would take a step towards him, if we would draw near to him, he would draw near to us. That is the promise of scripture. And so maybe you don't know Jesus today. Maybe you don't have a relationship with God. He wants to draw near to you. He wants to be up close to you. And you know how you respond? You know how you can respond to him? It's by faith, taking a step towards him in prayer and saying, Lord, I don't get it all, but I want to have a relationship with you. I confess that I'm a sinner and I don't have it all together and I don't know the first thing and how to please you, but I, I believe that Jesus died for me and made a way for me to have access to you and to have a relationship to be a son or daughter of you. And so I receive that today. And by prayer, by prayer, you can draw near today. Maybe you are already a son or daughter of God. The way that you and I draw near to God, this king of, listen, don't miss this. He may be king of heaven, but he's as close as can be. He's not far off. He is right there. He wants to draw near to us if we would draw near to him. The way that you and I draw near to him is through prayer. It's through prayer. You see, he is king.
king, but he is close. He is powerful, but he is personal, y'all. He is Lord, but oh my goodness, he listens. He is master, but praise the Lord, he is merciful. He is sovereign over all, but oh my goodness, y'all, he is so sweet. He is all powerful, but he is Abba, Father. He's Daddy. Uh, I said it last week, I want to end each week with a prayer from this, this old collection of prayers and devotions. It's a Puritan collection uh, called The Valley of Vision. This week's is called The Trinity. You may have caught this earlier, but every person of the Trinity is involved in prayer. We have access to God the Father through the Holy Spirit because of the work of Jesus on our behalf. And so this prayer is called The Trinity. Three in one, one in three, God of my salvation, Heavenly Father, blessed Son, eternal Spirit, I adore Thee as one being, one essence, one God, and three distinct persons for bringing sinners to Thy knowledge and to Thy kingdom. O Father, Thou hast loved me and sent Jesus to redeem me. O Jesus, Thou hast loved me and assumed my nature, shed Thine own blood to wash away my sins, wrought righteousness to cover my unworthiness. O Holy Spirit, Thou hast loved me and entered my heart, implanted there eternal life, revealed to me the glories of Jesus. Three persons and one God, I bless and praise Thee for love so unmerited, so unspeakable, so wondrous, so mighty to save the lost and raise them to glory. O Father, I thank Thee that in fullness of grace Thou hast given me to Jesus to be His sheep, jewel, portion. O Jesus, I thank Thee that in fullness of grace Thou hast accepted, espoused, bound me. O Holy Spirit, I thank Thee that in fullness of grace Thou hast exhibited Jesus as my salvation, implanted faith within me, subdued my stubborn heart, made me one with Him forever. O Father, Thou art enthroned to hear my prayers. O Jesus, Thy hand is outstretched to take my petitions. O Holy Spirit, Thou art willing to help my infirmities to show me my need, to supply words, to pray within me, to strengthen me that I faint not in supplication. O triune God, who commandeth the universe, thou hast commanded me to ask for those things that concern thy kingdom and my soul. Let me live and pray as one baptized into the threefold name. And O oh, Father God, our Father who art in heaven, Lord, we come to you today and we are grateful 
for who you are and what you have done in taking a step to draw near to us. Lord, I pray for anyone today who may be listening, who may have never drawn near to you in response to your great sacrifice of love, who has never received the gift of salvation. God, would you draw them to you? Would you help them to take that step of faith towards you today? Lord, for the rest of us, would you just help us to revel in and to have gratitude for the fact that we have access to you now because of Jesus through your spirit that we are now part of a family, your family of God, and that though you are powerful, you are personal, you are king of heaven, but you are up close, close as can be. So God, thank you for that. Lord, I pray for dads today that they would receive the grace that you have offered to them. Lord, I pray that we as children, as earthly children would be able to offer gratitude and grace to our earthly fathers. Lord, for some of us, we need to release the burden of all kinds of, of things that we've been holding on to, of wounds, of maybe shame or guilt. Lord, we got to release all of that today. So would you help all of us wherever we're at? Would you give us gratitude and grace for this day? We pray in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.